John chapter 13, verse 31. Would you stand with me as we read? (coughs) So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Would you pray with me? Father, we come, uh, Lord, asking that you would allow us to be uh, faithful and obedient uh, to your words, Lord, now in this time. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Be seated. So here we are on the night that Jesus was betrayed. And Jesus gives um, some really neat instructions. Uh, Specifically, if you read the book of John, it has more of this last night than any of the other Gospels. Several chapters are devoted to all that Jesus taught the disciples on that last night. And uh, for instance, if you you go to... uh, Chapter 13, you see where he washes the disciples' feet. Uh, If you go skip on to 15, you hear the teaching where Jesus teaches that he is the true vine. And uh, in verse 16, he talks about, uh, in chapter 16, he talks about uh, his leaving and the Holy Spirit coming. And uh, chapter 17 uh, is uh, Jesus' prayer. And some actually say what we call the Lord's Prayer they, they would rather call that the model prayer, and they would rather call this the Lord's Prayer uh, because it is the longest recorded prayer um, in Scripture of Jesus. And uh, he goes through, and it's, it's broken down uh, into three sections. Jesus prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples, his immediate disciples who were there with him. And then he prays, for all those who would believe because of his disciples. In other words, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, the night before he went to the cross, he was praying for you. He was praying for me. He was praying for all of us uh, who would come into the family of God um, through the years. Tonight, as we're in um, the end of chapter 13, or in those five verses, 31 to 35, I want us to focus in, and it starts off saying, so when he had gone out, that is Judas, the betrayer, Judas Iscariot had left the scene, so this is kind of a scene change now. He goes out to betray, to sell out his Lord for 30 pieces of silver, and Jesus enters into a time of deeper teaching, deeper disclosure and sharing of himself. Uh, with the apostles. And he says, Now the Son of Man is glorified, 
and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Now, there's a lot of God and Jesus and glorifying going on there, and it almost sounds a bit like a tongue twister. It's a little bit difficult at first glance to pick out. But basically, Jesus is saying, um, this is my shining moment. I'm about to go to the cross. This is what I came here for. God is going to be glorified through me, and I'm going to be glorified through God. And God is going to do, the Father is going to do great things here. He's going to bring glory on that cross in which the world will look, and they'll think of it as shame. God instead is going to bring his ultimate victory through that moment. And we're reminded that that's what it's ultimately all about is glorifying God and enjoying a relationship with Him. In verse 33, uh, he says, little children. It's the word technia in Greek. Uh, It's used nowhere else in the Gospels, and uh, except for one other place, uh, only John uses it. He uses it several times in in his letters uh, as he is an older man and and looks at the... uh, churches that he cares for as little children. But here, Jesus uses this term of endearment as he uh, speaks to his disciples, and he says, precious children of mine, I want you to listen to this. I'm about to go, just like I told the Jews, I'm about to go somewhere that you're not ready to follow yet. And he says, so, I want you to get something. I want you to really understand something because I'm about to leave. You need to hear this. In verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. I imagine as he spoke those words, the disciples had to be just a little bit puzzled. They had to wonder, Jesus a new commandment. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you already teach us this? Didn't you tell someone who come, came to question you that the most important thing in life was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself? How is this new? But Jesus didn't stop there. We know how this commandment is new because of what Jesus continued to say. That you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus says this commandment is new, not because they had never heard that they should love each other. It's not new to us. I mean, we've heard you ought to love people. And yet Jesus says this love is a lot deeper than you ever expected or imagined it should be. It's kind of like, you know, those of us who've grown up in church and we know we're supposed to love people. And you know what we we say? Well, I got to love them, but I don't got to like them, you know, right? We've learned that, that we have to love people. So we have to say we love people. 
but we really don't like them all that much. In other words, we love them just enough to get by, just enough to ease our consciences, to make us feel okay, that we're not hate mongers, that we're not evil, violent people. But Jesus said that basic, oh, I love everybody, I'm a good person, and I love everybody. He says, that's not enough. And let's be honest, love isn't easy, is it? I mean, real love. Because of people. Because people can annoy you, frustrate you, bother you, betray you disappoint you, and so love is hard. And we might settle for a minimum surface level of love. And Jesus says, no, that's not enough. You have to love one another. You have to be willing to forgive. You have to be willing to sacrifice. You have to be willing out of your way. You have to be willing to do what it takes to love people the way I have loved you. One of the early church fathers in the second century quoted pagans in the Roman Empire long before Christianity was ever the official religion as saying, look at how they love one another. And Jesus said that when you and I live that way, in verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We can have buildings, we can have programs, we can have marketing and promotion, we can have events. Dinners, ministers, we can have all the sorts of things that people like to call success in the church world. But Jesus said there's really only one thing that matters, one thing that people are going to look at you and discover that you're the real deal. And that's if you love one another. Jesus not last night was all about. He didn't just love the people that were likable. He had a lot of cranky disciples. You ever notice that? I mean, they could just, they could get cranky easy. Not only that, he actually washed the feet of the one who would sell him for 30 pieces of silver. The disciples would look back on this night and they would remember that Jesus said, Love as I have shown you love. And they would remember that not only had he washed their own feet, but he had even washed the feet of Judas. You and I will probably never have anyone hurt or betray us as badly as Jesus did Judas. But we will have people that cause us hurt and pain and sorrow in life. 
How will you respond? Will you hurt them back worse? Or will you love? Jesus has called us to love. 